As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. This is Nurse Mo, and you are at the Straight A Nursing Podcast, episode 139. And today we're talking about norepinephrine. So I know you're super excited because I know you guys love pharmacology deep down in your bones, right? But before we jump into that, I do want to take a quick moment for our listener shout out. And this one is so good, but there was no name. So whoever you are, thank you so much for writing in with this review on Apple Podcasts. And this unnamed reviewer says, I'm a Canadian rural nurse who's trained in a big city, and I love getting a taste of all the different specialties in my little hospital. However, I don't see a lot of critically ill patients beyond managing them from the time we get them until we can arrange transport. I've forgotten the ins and outs of medications I haven't given in a long time, and I'm pretty sure I've only had one patient with a chest tube in the last year, and it had me really scared. I'm super happy that I found this podcast because it's not at all hard to follow, and if I get lost, each episode links me to related ones. Thanks so much for the learning. Well, thank you so much, Nurse in Canada, for taking your very precious free time and using it to write in with your review of the podcast. I'm so, so happy that it has helped you. And I tell students all the time and nurses all the time, it's not just for when you're in nursing school. It's a great way to refresh. Honestly, the way I started this podcast was because I wanted to refresh things as I was learning them when I was a new grad. So as I learned something, I talked about it on the podcast because for me, teaching it to someone else is the best way for me to retain that information. So it's definitely not just for students, and I'm so happy that you're finding it helpful as well. So now let's dive in to norepinephrine. And this is a medication that is used a lot in the critical care setting, and it's used to maintain an adequate blood pressure. You may hear it also called by its brand name, Levofed, or even just Levo. We mostly just say Levo when we're talking about norepinephrine. This medication is dosed in micrograms per minute and requires very careful titrating and monitoring of your patient. So we're going to use the straight A nursing drugs framework as we go through the need to know information about this very common yet very, very powerful medication. As always, these pharmacology lessons don't include absolutely everything there is to know about this medication. It's not medical advice. It's just the most need-to-know things that a nursing student needs in order to give this medication safely at the bedside or pass a nursing school exam. Okay, so the first letter in the DRUGS acronym is D, and that stands for 
drug class. So norepinephrine is in a therapeutic class of vasopressors. And vasopressors exert their action on the vessel wall, causing it to constrict. So think of it as pressing down on that vessel wall, and that will help you remember that the diameter of the vessel is getting smaller, which will increase mean arterial pressure or MAP, which is what we tend to look at when we look at blood pressure in the critical care setting. Norepinephrine works mainly as an alpha agonist, but it does have some beta agonist activity as well. Okay, so that's the drug class for norepinephrine. It's in a therapeutic class of vasopressors, which are going to cause vasoconstriction, thereby increasing mean arterial pressure. Now the R, there's actually two R's in drugs. The first one is for the regular dose range. So norepinephrine again is dosed in micrograms per minute with standard dosing starting anywhere from 0.5 to 5 micrograms per minute. It really depends on your facility, their protocols, your MD preferences, the individual patient, etc. So again, that facility, the MD will dictate the starting dose and the titration intervals, and they must be followed very, very specifically. For example, where I work, we typically start it at either one or five, depending on how sick the patient is, with a titration of one microgram every five minutes until we get the desired effect on blood pressure. Usually, I would say we start it at one and then we titrate by one. But again, it can vary. If the patient is very, very sick, we may start it a little bit higher. The reason we start low is because these medications are very, very powerful and they can have a tremendous impact on the patient's hemodynamics. So once that norepinephrine dose gets up to 8 to 12, it really depends, again, it's facility and MD driven. When it gets up to about 8 to 12 micrograms per minute, we start looking at adding a second vasopressor, such as vasopressin. And in really sick patients, the norepinephrine dose can get pretty high. The max dose is 30 micrograms per minute. So if you've got a patient on Levo at 30 micrograms per minute, we say he's maxed on Levo. And if you have a patient on that much Levofed or norepinephrine, that patient is very, very, very sick. In children, however, the dose ranges are going to be much smaller, as you can imagine, and they're weight-based um, at 0.1 micrograms per kilogram per minute. So overall, that regular dose range, again, is dosed in micrograms per minute. And the starting dose can be anywhere from 0.5 to 5 micrograms per minute with a titration not uncommon to be 1 microgram every 5 minutes and a max dose of 30 micrograms per minute. 
The second R in the drugs acronym is the routes. How is this medication given? Well, norepinephrine is given as a continuous IV infusion, and preferably that's given through a central line. Now, you may see low-dose norepinephrine given through a large peripheral IV, and in some facilities, the protocol allows for this up to, I believe the standard is a 24-hour period and only if it's that low dose and it's the only vasopressor being used. But if you got a patient who is really needing it for life support, they're probably going to be needing a central line anyway. So most of the time you'll see norepinephrine running through a central line as a continuous IV infusion on an IV pump. The U in the drugs acronym stands for uses. We have to understand why the patient is getting this medication. What is it being used for? So norepinephrine is used to increase mean arterial pressure, otherwise known as MAP, after the patient who has severe hypotension and has shock, as is the case in many, many situations, after that patient has received adequate fluid resuscitation. So in other words, we're not just going to start by giving the patient norepinephrine. We're going to make sure they have enough fluid on board first. So I think that's really vital for you guys to understand. In the old days, you used to hear the phrase, levofed, leave them dead. And that's because levofed was being given to patients who didn't have enough fluid volume on board and the outcomes were very poor. Now we fluid resuscitate them first. And then if they're still hypotensive, then we start the norepinephrine or the levofed. So when a patient has sepsis and is hypotensive, we're going to give that fluid first. And that's typically a weight-based fluid bolus of 30 milligrams per kilogram. And again, still hypotensive after that fluid bolus. Now we can start talking about does this patient need norepinephrine. The G in the drugs acronym or framework is for guidelines. And this is where I talk about all those little tidbits about what you need to know to give norepinephrine. So norepinephrine is not to be used in pregnancy. This is very interesting because it decreases uterine blood flow. That vasoconstriction is going to decrease uterine blood flow, and that can be detrimental to the fetus. If the patient is taking an MAO inhibitor or a tricyclic antidepressant, this can result in severe hypertension. So you'd be very careful in giving it to a patient who's taking these other medications. Now, your patient who is receiving norepinephrine must be continuously monitored with blood pressure measurements every typically every like two to three minutes while you're titrating the medication initially, then every five to 15 minutes when that infusion is more steady. And that will also depend on facility protocol. An arterial line being placed in the patient's wrist makes this so much easier as it provides real-time data and is so much more comfortable for the patient. Now, arterial lines can be placed in the groin as well. That's not a preferred location because high risk for infection. Um, and if the patient's moving around a lot, those catheters can get bent and clotted off. So we prefer to put them in the radial artery. We're going to be monitoring the patient's urine output to ensure adequate organ perfusion. As the vessels constrict, we still want to make sure the organs are getting perfused enough. 
Also, because norepinephrine is an extravasant, we're going to keep a very close eye on that IV site. So even if it's a central line, that doesn't mean you can not be assessing your IV site if it's a central line. Those lines can become dislodged. The norepinephrine could then leak into the tissues, and that could have very poor outcomes for your patient. So keep a close eye on whatever line that norepinephrine is infusing through. It can cause that tissue necrosis from that constrictive effort of the vessels. What I like to do when I'm using something like norepinephrine, especially as I'm weaning the patient off of it and I'm turning it off and turning it on and turning it off and turning it on, is I like to use a flush line. So only do this if your facility um, allows um, you to have a flush line running. But many times you'll get down to a very, very low dose of the medication like, you know, the patient Sometimes the patient will be on like two mics of levofed or even one mic, and then you can turn it off and, and they do fine. Sometimes the patient's on like 0.5 mics and you turn it off and they're okay for a little bit, but then they're not. And then you turn it back on and they do great. So you turn it off and they don't. And this is that patient that we say they just need a whiff. They just need a whiff of levofed. Well, if you're turning off and on, off and on, you really want to avoid um hard flushing that line because you turn the norepinephrine off anytime you turn off a medication right you're supposed to clear the line so imagine if you're clearing the line and now you're you know infusing whatever amount of norepinephrine is in that catheter straight into the patient as a bolus essentially if you're giving a flush with a uh, you know a normal saline flush so instead of doing that hard flush what I like to do when I'm at that weaning point and maybe anticipating some off and on is I set up a flush line that is basically running at that same rate as the medication is running so that when I turn the norepinephrine off, that little bit of remainder in the line is going to just get gently put in over, you know, the next few minutes or whatever. It prevents that hard flush, that hard bolus of that medication going in. And then when you start it up again, you're, you know, if your patient's blood pressure doesn't maintain, now you your line is nice and patent and open because you kind of have that TKO, that flush line running while your medication is off. Now, if the patient has a central line or a pick line, of course, you can always draw back on that line to discard whatever's sitting in the catheter. I've had it... Um, happened to me enough times when I've kind of counted on the ability to be able to draw back when I haven't been able to. Sometimes your uh, catheter has a little occlusion somewhere like at the tip. And then when you try to pull back, it just doesn't pull back because you, there's like negative pressure in there and you cannot clear the line. So don't count on being able to manually clear all your lines. I just like to have that little flush line going to safely get the line clear. So that's something to think about with this. And then the last thing is I want to leave you with on the guidelines is that vasopressors are high alert medication. So if you are at all unsure about your dosing or setting up your pump or any of that, have another nurse come in and check. Your facility may require that. Just because your facility doesn't require it doesn't mean that you can't, with complete confidence, go up to another RN and say, hey, I'm setting up this norepinephrine drip. Will you make sure that my numbers are accurate? And that well, they will happily come do that for you. 
Okay, so now let's move on to the S in the drugs framework, and that is side effects. What are the side effects of norepinephrine? So the most serious adverse side effects of norepinephrine have to do with its vasoconstrictive activity. So if you can think of that as a concept, it'll help you understand these side effects. So at very high, at prolonged doses, Norepinephrine can cause tissue ischemia, and that leads to necrosis of peripheral tissues. This means fingers and toes. I've seen fingers and toes turn black and basically die from prolonged high-dose use of norepinephrine and other vasopressors. It can also cause phlebitis at the IV site and can lead to renal issues, even renal failure. If it does uh, get into the tissues, be very, very cognizant of the tissue damage that could occur, like if the IV becomes dislodged. Other side effects include headache, anxiety, restlessness. It could cause a tremor in a patient. It can lead to higher glucose levels, so hyperglycemia, metabolic acidosis, dyspnea, and even chest pain, dysrhythmias, and bradycardia. So lots of things that you're going to be watching and monitoring for all of them. Okay, so when we're looking back at your norepinephrine, let's do a little bit of pod quizzing so that you guys can get a little bit of practice. And then if you go to the article on the website, so this is also as an article on the website, there are dosage calculations using norepinephrine there. But I know a lot of you are driving right now or out walking the dog or putting away the dishes, and I don't want to interrupt what you're doing to have you go do a dosage calculations question. But if you do want to practice that, then just go check out the article associated with this topic on the website. Okay, so let's do a little pod quiz here. How is norepinephrine dosed? Excellent job. It is dosed in micrograms per minute, unless, of course, you're a pediatric patient, and then what would it be? Micrograms per kilogram per minute. Very, very good. So what's a typical standard starting dose range for an adult? Typical ranges, 0.5 up to 5 micrograms per minute, probably more common to be in that 0.5 to 1, but it really does, again, it depends on the severity of the hypotension and what the MD thinks is best for that patient. Um, Okay, so how is norepinephrine given? What is its route of administration? That's going to be as a continuous IV infusion, preferably through a central line. Very, very good. So we use norepinephrine to do what to the mean arterial pressure? We're going to use it to increase mean arterial pressure. And what are we going to make sure we do for the patient first before we give the norepinephrine? We're definitely going to make sure that they have adequate fluid on board. So they're going to get that fluid bolus, that fluid resuscitation. And just a slight uh, side uh, shift into sepsis, what is the weight-based fluid bolus when you have a septic patient? How much is it? 
30 milligrams per kilogram. Very, very good. So why would we be really hesitant to use norepinephrine in pregnancy? Because of the decrease it can cause to uterine blood flow. Excellent, excellent. So a little bit ago, I talked about two um, psychopharmacologic agents that we would want to be very careful. If your patient is taking those, it can cause severe hypertension when we add in norepinephrine. Do you remember what those two psychopharmacological agents are? So one was the MAO inhibitor and the other was the tricyclic antidepressant. You guys are amazing. Um, what is an easy way that we can monitor organ perfusion in our critically ill patients? Yep, we can just keep a really close eye on urine output. That's a great way to monitor for that. Also, uh, mental status. The brain is an organ, right? If it's not getting perfused, altered mental status results. But one of the ways that we really watch for it is through the urine output of the patient because that's very measurable, right? I mean, a patient's mental status could change, but it could be for a lot of different reasons. The urine output is a measurable component that gives us an idea of how well the kidneys, one of the main receivers of cardiac output, how the kidneys are doing as far as their perfusion. So there you have it, you guys, your brief overview of norepinephrine, a common but very powerful medication that you will see used in the critical care setting. And then I wanted to tell you guys, do you know that I have a YouTube channel? You probably don't because... It's kind of new, and I haven't been super consistent about putting things on there, but I'm really trying to get better at that, and I'd love you to come check it out. So I know a lot of you are not into Facebook, so you're not in my Thriving Nursing Students Facebook group, and I totally get it. It's not for everybody. I know different people like their different social media platforms, but most of us can get behind YouTube. So what I'm in the process of doing is every week in the Thriving Nursing Students group, I go on there and I talk about whatever the group has been asking about, um, topics of interest more or less. And I'm in the process of pulling those over and putting them up on the YouTube channel so that all of you can have the benefit of those questions and those answers. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. Or I think you can just go to YouTube and search for Straight A Nursing and it should come up there. So make sure you subscribe and let me know what things you want to see there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope you're having a fantastic, fantastic week. Next week, we're diving back into the world of pediatrics. And this is a really important episode that I'm super excited about for you guys. We'll be talking about pediatric respiratory distress, probably the one thing that scares me more than anything else. So what I learned as a new nurse is if something scares me, I learn as much as I can about it. I develop a plan in my head, kind of that what if game, right? Like if this happens, what am I going to do about it? Plan for the worst case scenario. Hope I never need to use it. So we'll be talking about pediatric respiratory distress next week. See you then. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds 
like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night.